If you know the songs Fun, 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 Love's Train, Chase Me, and Shake and Dance With Me, then you know about my guest today, an original and co-founder of the group Confunction, founded in 1972. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the eTalk podcast, Mr. Danny Thomas. Good friend of mine with me today. She is the host of Great Day Houston. And we've done so many things together. You always come when I call. It's like, you know, the mayor's tree lighting, the Thanksgiving Day parade. For me, it's made me appreciate what I have a whole lot more because, listen, life is fleeting. It was surreal my first year because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm in fourth grade and I've made it this far and they got news cameras here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, wow. This is, this is crazy. Who is that? <laughs> he is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And that's what really inspired me to know that, hey, I can really do this. I want to thank you for helping me with my new dream and supporting me as an artist. We've got lots to talk about. Hello, listeners, and welcome to eTalk with Anthony Bogus Glover. That is me. You are in for a treat today. I mean, I don't even know how to just start. You know, uh, I was trying to think of some type of introduction and something to say, something that would just just go crazy so everybody would know who I'm talking about. But I think if you are over the age of 40, <laughs> you might know who I'm talking about and what I'm about to talk about. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, today I have an R&B Hall of Fame inductee, an original, I said original, that's like Kentucky Fried Chicken, original member <laughs> of the group Confunction. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to eTalk, Mr. Danny Thomas. Danny, how are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. It's so oh, good my. to be here. Man, let me tell you something. Uh, I, when, I just, when I think of the groups, you know, back in the day, and you think of confunction, you know, you didn't even have to know any of their songs. If you just say a confunction, people were like, okay, yeah, you got it. You got it. You are an original member. Tell That's me it. about that. Tell me about that. Well, the group started in my garage in high school, 10th grade, as a matter of fact. In your garage? Yes, sir. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> you know, four young bucks. Um, uh-huh. Mike Cooper actually. Um, the second day of high school, I was in the piano room playing the piano. And Mike Cooper stuck his head in the room and said, hey, that's sharp. How do you do that? And I showed him. And he said, you want to start a band? And I said, yes. And so Mike Cooper introduced me to Louis McCall, the drummer. Wow. That was in marching band as well. Uh-huh. And then we all connected with Michael Wilson, who was the original guitarist okay, okay. in the group. We started off as a four a four-piece rhythm section. Wow. And we played fashion shows. I mean, not fashion shows, talent shows. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. we won them for about at least six months. <laughs> um, and we, um, when we won little cash prizes, we saved the money and bought, and bought better equipment. Wow. And Smart. everything. Smart. And, yeah. And as one thing led to another, where Michael, Michael Wilson he knew that he was going to get a scholarship and he uh, went to, uh, he graduated and went to college. And so that's when we um, did a search and we found Cedric Martin on okay. base. And Michael 
taught itself how to play guitar, and Michael took Mac Wilson's place on guitar. Wow. And as things progressed, we picked up Carl Fuller on trumpet. Yes, yes. Uh, Paul Harrell, uh, we call him Macia on sax. And oh, last yeah. but not least, Felton Pilot on trombone. Oh, my God. See, that's when music was music. You and you and you and you said it. You guys started in your garage. So that means, you know, you didn't have no studio. That was the best studio in the world, wasn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> that was the best studio in the world to start. And you said as, as 10th graders. 10th graders. Just so having you fun. Knew, yeah, you knew fun. then what Excuse you me? wanted to do. You knew then that you guys were going to, well, you wanted to be somebody. And you you did it's because you followed your dream. You followed your passion. So who yeah. were some of your influences? Who were your influences growing up, you know, that you said, hey, I want to do this and I want to make a living out of it? Well, you know, at that time, we were actually just having fun. Uh, our first song was like Wes Montgomery, Jimmy Smith, uh-huh. Jack McDuff. Um, you know, that sort of thing. We were kind of doing like an instrumental jazz thing. Amazing. And then <laughs> as um, as we got more popular, Actually, uh, my mother would hear us practice and she supported us immensely. She had a talk with us and said, in in order for us to actually be successful, we have Mm -hmm. to start singing. Wow. And Michael took it to heart and he started learning songs. And lo and behold, he could sing, you know. Wow. And and the rest of us chipped in and started doing background work with them and chipped in on backgrounds and everything. And. Like I said, one thing. So actually, we just we just have fun. The love for music, yes, yes, um, ignited, uh huh, and gave us the fuel to create this band. And at that time, we wasn't thinking about recording and everything. We just mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, you know, jam, have a jam session, and 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 play good music. And one thing led to another. And here, and, we you know, are. and it's interesting that you say that because. Um, you you're saying that you guys were were playing like at talent shows and and that's stuff that you really don't hear about now. You know, they we have yeah. talent shows around, you know, and doing things, but the, it's more like a competition now mm-hmm. as opposed to a talent show because back then it was just like like you're saying, a group of guys got together, a group of girls wanted to sing, and they said, Hey, let's let's put on a show and mm-hmm. let's, you know, let's perform for the people. And everybody was there to kind of help each other and promote promote each other now it's, it's kind of different you know everything is all about the money and all about competing against one another you know and being eliminated and i'm not i'm not dogging out any shows because i watch all of the you know the shows but at the yeah. same time it was just totally different back then than it is now and you said something else too you said your mother yeah your mother said to you guys so your uh, there we go the lady stepping in, letting everybody know what happened. She said, in order for you to make it and do something, you're going to have to start singing. Yes. And y'all did that. And look what happened. <laughs> As a matter of fact, my parents planted the seed. Uh, my first gig was my cousins and I, we played for our family Christmas party. Okay. Okay. You know, the family would get together every year and, and we would have jam sessions. Uh, my my dear cousin Roger James, he just passed um, uh-huh. from Corona uh, this past year. Um, he had he had a drum set and a piano in the house, and we would go over there and have fun playing and jamming. So the 
the parents all got together and said, we're going to hire you guys to play for our Christmas party. And wow. we was excited, man. So we start practicing everything. We got some songs <laughs> together. And uh, and we got some people in the neighborhood to help us and sing and stuff. And we, we um, did the party and had a fantastic time. Everybody enjoyed it. If they didn't, wow. they act like they did. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But we had a good time, for real. And got paid. Yes, and that's a good part. You got paid. We got, you got oh, paid. Was, that was, I call it a <laughs> yeah. peak experience in my life because I said I had this much fun and I got paid for doing it. Yeah. I yeah. said, oh, yeah. I'm going to pursue this. Right. Okay. And at the time, my cousin wasn't serious. You know, it was like a one-time thing, one thing for them, but... I postulated that when I get in high school, I would find some serious musicians See? and start a band. Wow. And that was in my spirit. And uh-huh. so, like I said, the second day of high school, me and Mike Cooper met. That's amazing. And, uh, so it, it, it was meant to be. It was I meant feel, to be. If you yes, were, if you were sitting so. in a room at a piano and he heard you and he just stuck his head in, you know, because that could have been anybody. It could have been somebody playing that didn't know how to play. <laughs> <laughs> but it was you. So you guys, and so it was meant to be. I, I, I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And we are play, people are placed in our lives for reasons and for seasons. And yeah. I mean, just look at it. If that hadn't happened, uh, Confunction probably wouldn't have been as grand as it, you know, it was and is. Uh, but it, the start of it was right there. Now, of course, along with the, that stardom and, and back in the day, I mean, guys, you guys were you were dealing with folk like Earth, Wind, and Fire, the Commodores, Confunction, Atlantic Star. I mean, how did you deal with all of that? I mean, talk to me about uh, how, because, and I know it's there's a camaraderie, you know, that happens with everybody uh, that we really don't see today. And I, I want to thank you personally because uh, it was because of you guys who set the standard for the bands that are playing today, you know, but how did that, how did you deal with that camaraderie and, and working with each other and seeing each other and maybe uh, playing on the same bill with one another? How did that, how did that work? Well, back in the day, in our generation, we kind of got along, you know, the mm-hmm. bands, we had, everything was system, had a great mm-hmm. system. We had um, people that, organized the stage and everything mm-hmm. for us to make sure. I, I remember coming up, uh, our first tour, we went out with the Staples Singers. Wow. Uh, Emotions. What? Bobby Womack. And no. another group out of Chicago. And, and the Soul Children, because these, we were the Soul Children um, um, show band. We were their band. Oh, my God. And, and it was another band called Sons of Slum from Chicago. Uh, uh-huh. was like a, they were a parliament clone. Anyway, and the old school were very, they were very competitive. Like Bobby Womack was uh, the co-star of the show, and the staple wow. singles was the closer. Wow. Where Bobby Womack, he had that big hit out back in the 70s. You know, if you don't love me by now, you'll never enter. And yeah. it was huge. And... um. So when he got to that part in the show and he had everybody going, he would jump in the audience. 
and the women would just start tearing their clothes off and pulling on them and everything. And so by the time the security was able to get him back on stage, you know, about 20 minutes went by. Right, and then right, right. He would start the song all over again. Oh, he had him no. going by <laughs> and, and the poor stable singers, by the time he finished his show, they only had maybe maybe 15 or 20 minutes to perform this show because we had a time limit, you know, uh-huh. for the uh-huh. for the I mean, I mean, these are huge, you know, our first show was at the Memphis Coliseum, 18,000 seater. And wow. um so so they were bickering a lot. So finally, the staple singers decided to go on before Bobby Womack because it was mm. a prestige thing. The, the person that closed the show right. was, was supposed to be like the headliner. Okay? Okay. okay. And so in order for them to be able to play their full show, they had to go on before Bobby Womack. And so he won that round. And I thought it was so cute because, you know, us, you give us 30 minutes, we're going to take 25. We get off the exactly. <laughs> you know what? We just happy to be here. Exactly. You know? And so, to be with the stable singers and, and the emotions and, and Bobby, what man, man. And, see, and that's, that's crazy. Cause I was going to ask you, what would you say then, you know, like I said, because you guys were still young and you were doing stuff. What would you say was like a wow moment for you? And when you said that, I just said, wow, because you, the names you call, but I'm sure you had many others or one, anyone that stood out directly that just, you just went, wow, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, there's so many. Uh, that same tour, because um, we had just been on the road maybe uh, less than a month. Okay. And um, and so when we were from the East Coast, we got a call. We flying into Los Angeles to, to okay. do the Watch Stacks uh, Coliseum. Wow. Which became wow. the Watch Stacks movie later. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, hundred and three thousand people. Okay. Oh. Now was there. And um, and participated. Now, in the interim of us um, getting started, we was blessed by so many. I mean, people, and and by and the way we were blessed was we was ready. We met uh-huh. Rufus Thomas in a telethon. Mm-hmm. Our management was from was promotional people for Stax Records. That means when anytime we met the Barcades. Uh, we yeah. were able to open up for the barcade, which was yes. a turning point in our life. We learned so much from the barcade. Um, that's another story. And I talked <laughs> about it in the book, by but, um, but when we go to these concerts and stuff, we brought our equipment, um, our, our horns, our guitars, our keyboards, just as if we were going to play. But right. we, but we, you know, we had VIP, we were backstage, we weren't mm-hmm. supposed to play, but we just rolled like that. Okay, exactly. so. Yes. Uh, Rufus, uh, so Rufus Thomas came in on a helicopter. This is like a 10,000-seater outdoor telethon. What? And in a helicopter, landed, came on stage with his um, pink um, hot pants outfit that he used to wear all the time, that he's famous for. And uh, the <laughs> other band was one of, uh, like a rival group, really not a rival, but they were the other top band in the Bay Area. Yeah. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. so they were scared to play for him. So when he got on stage, they said, what you want us to play? And he said, funky chicken, of course. And they said, they don't know it. 
And then, and soon after that, someone in our band said, I don't know who it was, we know it, we play it every week. That's our favorite song. And so just like that, in minutes, he said, come on. And I stepped behind the keyboard, the guitar players grabbed the guitars, the horn players grabbed their horns. It was like it was set up. And we stepped behind the, um, stepped in their place. And in a matter of minutes, he counted the song off and we hit the downbeat just like the record, The Funky Chicken. And we jammed it. And he performed, he performed that one song for about 15 minutes and left and left in his helicopter, just like he came in. And our minds were blown. But to be able to do that event, and, and, and I must say that after that event, he left, we didn't think we had that made any impression on him. But after we signed up with the Soul Children and we started touring, because they all were Stax artists, any city that we was in, Rufus Thomas used us. And that's why when we was at the, um, the White Stacks concert, we played behind both the Soul Children and Rufus Thomas. And in that scene where when he counted off the downbeat, 50,000 people rushed the stage. Have you ever noticed that in the White Stacks movie? This was the White Stacks. Uh, concert at the L.A. Coliseum, gotcha. hundred and three thousand was wow. one of the peak peak experiences in my in my career. That 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 is crazy. That I mean, just to see all of those people out there to see you guys, you know that 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 had to be something. And you know, and I mean, you, I know you guys have stories because you've gone all over. You have been everywhere and seen everybody, young people, old people, blind, crippled, crazy, eight to 80. And I mean, you just like, whoa, this is crazy. So with all of that happening and, and you know, a lot of people talk about stuff, you know, you think about what did I do? Uh, some people some people can't uh, deal with that type of thing, you know. Um, and it's so unfortunate that sometimes you have people who end up going to drugs, people who end up doing this, they go off and they go back and some people recover and some people don't. Did you guys have to deal with any of that kind of stuff, uh, coming up, you know, in, in that, in that era? Well, in that era, almost everything was like, um, especially in California, it was, um, a fad. Uh -huh. It was, uh, almost, uh, legal. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and we had fun just like everybody else. But I, I was blessed to have uh, great parents, mm -hmm. and we all we all had good parents. Okay, uh -huh. we all had great training, um, and we had people that was actually um, took care of us besides God, because God yeah. Yeah. had our yeah. backs, yes. you know, the whole time. Uh -huh. But I remember the soul children. We first left to go on the road with the soul children. Uh, my mother made, because we was minors, you know, uh, my mother okay. <laughs> uh, made Norman West promise to, to watch over us. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he promised her that, you know, and my mother, if you're familiar, you know, you don't lie to my mother, okay? Okay. She, she look in your eyes, you got to come clean, right? And um, and he did. I'm telling you, they took care of us. I mean, we, um, they did not, we was not able to mingle and 
and get stray and stray away yeah. from the group. Um, the whole time we were with them, they like when we did a concert, they would get their hotel room 25 miles from the, everybody else. Okay, wow. we stay on the outskirts of the town. Wow. Okay, where you know uh, we couldn't get into no trouble or nothing like that, and that and that was and we learned the ropes by the time when it was time for us to go on our own. Uh-huh. You know, we uh-huh. had we had grown up and we had learned, you know, we kind of knew what was going on and we knew what to do and what not to do. Right. And right. We right. Ourselves. Yes. Right. Now, how long, uh, let the people know how long can function was like on the road and just doing, 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 doing and going. I mean, you're still on the road because y'all, y'all doing stuff and you're coming back and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but yeah. how long were you out there? Just, just like kicking it. Wow, thirty years. <laughs> thirty years. I mean, from from the time we left home. I mean, when when we was performing in high school, we were like the number one band, and in the, in, the, in the top three bands of the Bay. Okay, oh and we worked every weekend. We left, went on the road to tour with the Soul Children, uh-huh. and we worked three, four days a week with the Soul Children for about a year and a half, and then we left the Soul Children. Um, we, you know, it was like a new beginning in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, where we was living at, and we ended up building our show, recrafting our show, and ended up being like the number one of the number one bands in Memphis. But we 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 started a Tuesday night, no, a Thursday night college night. Oh, nice. In Memphis, Tennessee, which was nice. unheard of because Memphis is a, a weekend city. Okay, okay. Uh, and in the Bible Belt. But Mr. Bennett, Mr. Bennett was the club owner of a club called the Rosewood. And I give him credit for being the, the best club owner wow. I've ever come in contact with because he had insight. Yeah. Um, he, when we um, um, separated from the Soul Children, we knew we had to generate some more income. So the first thing we did but we heard about mm-hmm. Cedric Martin, as a matter of fact, the bass player found out about a talent show. Okay. And so we entered it again. We back in the talent show again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we won because you got to remember we was be- before we left to go on the road with the soul children, we toured LA for about three weeks. Wow. And we played at this club called the Citadel de Haiti. Ah, I know that. I know it. I know it. Yeah. I was in LA for a little bit. I know about it. Yes. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this was where the Soul Train gang hung out at. Oh my God. So y'all were with people. It was at it was after our club. And this is where Mr. Robot, um, the Cavalot people, all these yeah. folks hung out at this club. Okay. And you know, in the three weeks. There, and I think we made a couple of appearances there over, over over a few months. We turned, we got turned out. We had the knickers, we had the big hat, we had the dancers down, you know, and the, and the floppy shoes, and everything. And so when we hit Memphis, Tennessee, you were y'all were ready, and, and and we implemented that in our show. Um, Memphis, oh man, we blew their mind. They weren't yeah, ready yeah. for that because they weren't ready for it. Was like, they weren't ready for that. You know? Yeah. Oh, and my so, God. So, and with the instrument, the interesting part to this story is to me is that 
uh, Mr. Bennett, he hired us. After we won the talent show, he saw us. He hired us to, to perform in his club. And he said, now, my Fridays and Saturdays are already booked. Okay. okay. So he got he got he got to find a day for us, right? And so, so everybody said we're going to try something new, something brand new, and it's going to be hard for the reason I already explained. The you know the town being a weekend town, but we're going to do a Thursday night, and we're going to call it College Night. Wow! Starting something new. Starting something brand new. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so we did it. And he paid us, you know, we, we, at that time, we were getting paid like $50 a man. And, and we, st- we, we showed up, we played. Nobody, now the club hold about 500 people. I mean, in the South and East Coast, they have these beautiful, huge, it was a theater, it's a theater in the daytime. Okay. And on okay. the weekends, he converted, had a long bar, had about, about uh, eight to 10 waitresses. Uh, four bartenders. I mean, it's a beautiful club. Nice. And we in there playing our hearts out. You know, the waitress is dancing, but everybody <laughs> part and nobody in there. Okay, empty club. It's just just having a good time, just doing what you do. And we were doing, and you know, and and this one went on for about a month and a half, or maybe two months. Every week we would show up. The man, it built a special stage for us because we were a seven-man wow. band. So he um improved the stage and made it comfortable so that we could really put on our show and perform. And feel like you were at home. Right. And uh, he did all this and nobody was showing up. We got to the point where we felt ashamed to take the money. You know, mm. he said, no, no, here's your money. Come back. We'll see you back next week. Right. And so, and this for up-and-coming musicians and entertainers, you know, we would get up at six o'clock in the morning to be at this club to practice every, mm. you know, three days a week because we wanted every week we had to have a new song to play to keep the mm. show fresh. We okay. just didn't play okay. the same song every week. And uh-huh. and, we, and one of our catches, one of the, we played the songs like the record. I mean, mm. so when people came out, I mean, wow, this sounds just like the record. Okay. <laughs> that was one of our hooks. Okay. That's because, what you, you do. Know, you, you've been to a you've been to a, a club before and hear some bands and you yeah. can't tell what they're playing. Okay. Is that, what, is, what is that supposed <laughs> to be? <laughs> okay, so okay, so but we did that because you know the club, like I said, it was a theater, so we had to be in and rehearse at six o'clock so we could be out by the time the club opened, like at 9 a.m. Yeah. We'd get there, go back home, go to sleep, you know, but Take, you know, but uh, do what we had to do. But we did that. We were serious about our craft. Yeah. Okay. And, so, and, and I'm glad you said that because that's the difference. Uh, and we talked about it earlier. Uh, it, it's it's so different now. You were serious about what you were doing. You guys played. You sang. You did all the stuff. And again, we're not knocking anybody now because you know times change and th- things change, and and you have you have to go with the flow. But the the singers and the artists today, I mean, if they had to do and go through what you guys went through back in the day, they wouldn't make it because they're not used to that kind of stuff. And that was that was hard work. You guys earned your money. You earned your keep. You know, when you got those those awards, you deserve them, you know, because y'all were in studios and y'all were 
doing something. Y'all were working. Now they put you on the on the deck until you go in there and sing. And you sing and everybody think the, the, the band is in there and the band is in your ear, in the can. But, you know, because they don't they don't understand and they don't get that. Now, I want to switch the gears a little bit because people know you as the singer. They know you as a musician. They know you with the band. They don't know that you are an author. Yes. <laughs> and you my language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen. His lovely wife, Wanda, is on the line with us as well. But I want to talk about your book. You just pinned a book, and it what did it? Uh, when was it? June? Was it June? July? August? Which what date? What month? Did it? Oh, come we just out? released it in September. In September, not yeah. even a month ago. And no. we're talking about the book, uh, "My Life in Fun Times." with confunction yeah <laughs> i'm sure ladies and gentlemen before we talk about this go out and buy the book order the book we'll get that information now to you by danny thomas my life and fun times with confunction now not only is he an author but his wife also is an author want to tell yeah. us about your book want to tell us everybody <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. hello. Yes, we, we are both authors in one house. You know how exciting that can be. Oh, I can but, imagine. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, my book is entitled When Girls Cry. Mm. And uh, our publisher always says, we do not know of a girl or a woman who has not cried at some time in her life. Right. And so I'm very transparent with my story. When uh, my mother had me, she was 20 years old. And three days later, she had a massive stroke that paralyzed her down her right side. And she could not take care of me. There begins the journey that I'm on and was on and telling about the times that I cried and the hurts and the pains and the different things that I went through. Mm. It's that people, that kind of make people want to see, you know, what it is. It's very yeah. uh, relative to what's going on now in uh, the world with our young ladies. It's a testimony of, you know, what we all sometimes go through. And uh, I've heard that it has been encouraging. So um, keep looking. By yes. the book, yes. uh, Danny, I'm really excited about him because he is telling uh, his story of when he uh, first started in the business. He tells about his life. He's got a lot of good pictures in there you might want to see. But, a lot of uh, afros, we, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> it's very interesting. <laughs> but we will be uh, back in California in December because he has been given the grand honor of being the grand marshal for Vallejo's annual parade that uh, culminates with uh, the tree lighting for Christmas. Oh, so wow. December, Congratulations. December, yes. 4th, December 4th, we'll be yes. in California, and he will be signing his book. He has new music out that uh, we want you to hear. Oh, my God. And come out and enjoy what 
is happening. He's taking a turn in his life and, you know, he has a lot to share and offer in this book and yeah. with his life and fun times with Confunction. And see, that's what people need to hear because we see uh, we see uh, artists when they're, you know, in their heyday and then all of a sudden they just fade out and you don't hear anything else about people anymore, you know, unless they're at a concert or somebody notices them or, you know, but you have said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to put, put put this book out It's going to talk about my life and the fun times. Notice he said my life and the fun times. Everything doesn't uh, yes. always have to. Everything that always have have, to be negative. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we have yeah, a special ahead. edition out. Uh, when you see this book, it is uh, high quality. Uh, Danny is really uh, telling the story. Mm -hmm. It's uh, a learning. And we're going to have some other things going on. He, he uh, always wants to play his music. You're going to always have the Master keyboardist, <laughs> Mr. Danny Sweetman Thomas. Sweetman, yeah, yeah. Sweetman, you gotta say Sweetman Thomas. <laughs> yeah, Sweetman Thomas. That day was declared September 25th in Vallejo as Danny wow. Sweetman Thomas Day. Good, and, good, uh, good. See, thank God for people recognizing the mm, you yeah. know the other people, you know. Uh, and and if more people would just pay attention you know and, the, and uh, you talked about our generation uh, you you're older than me but i mean i ain't that young but it, that's what it is it's the generational thing and we want to make yeah. sure that people are i mean you people like you danny i'm standing on your shoulders because you guys are set uh, there setting the way and you know paving the way for us and i think that's what we have to do we have to be able to uh network we have to be able to be there for one another and and teach and learn from one another. You're never too old to learn, you know. And I and I'm sure you know, you know, you you've done all this kind of stuff, but now you are going into a different realm of your life, talking about being Come an on. author, you know. Yes. So that's why we're focusing on Danny Thomas, yeah. the man. Uh, yes. Consumption was extremely good in their day, but yep. now. We want everybody to know who Danny Sweetman Thomas really is. <laughs> and it's in the book. You can it's read in the book. who Get Danny the book. Sweetman Thomas <laughs> is. In the book. In the, the book. And, and look, you can get two. You can get you can get a two for here. You can get the Come husband book and you can get the wife's yes. book. Y'all need to take me yes. with y'all and let me be your... your <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. you can get a twofer, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. Yes, what a way yes, to, what a way to, uh, you know, give Christmas present. They, uh, the, everybody's talking about. We're not going to be able to get Christmas presents this year. We're not going to be able to do this. We're not going to be able to do that because, uh, uh, you know, the no, no, you can, you can get Christmas presents. You, we know how to get yeah. them. <laughs> we know how to get them. This book is, uh, our publisher was on the line and I'll have her put in the chat how you can get the book and you can yes. order it. If you order it directly from us, you get your own autographed copy. Okay, so we can stop right there. Nobody needs to do anything. Just go through them because you can't get an autographed copy of a book all the time. You got to go to a book right. signing. If we go yeah. through you, both of you will get uh, you will send an autographed copy of, see, 
Come on. Yes. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Personalized your own autograph copy. And oh, these are oh, not man. Uh, these are not softback copies. These yes, are yes. hardback. Yes. Uh, the, his book is very legendary. And because he is the very first one of the group to tell the story. And it's wow. an interesting story. Wow. wow. I mean, and, and, and I know you got many, 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 many stories to tell. I mean, people don't realize being backstage is a story. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not. We're not even talking about the performances and what happens after. Just being backstage is a story in itself when you're when you're performing because it, the stuff that you go through and the things that you do to prepare yourself and get yourself together and the 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 little uh uh little things that everybody's oh you know I have to do this before every show or you know that kind of stuff. People don't yeah. understand. It's not easy to just walk out on stage and perform, especially in front of a yeah. lot of people. And everybody's out there and they want it to be the way it's supposed to be. Don't change a note. Right. Don't forget a word. Right. <laughs> right. right. Well, they can call Danny directly and uh, he will tell them about the book. If you want me to give your number, Danny, I can. Or you can give your number where they can contact you personally directly. We don't have a problem with them oh, contacting us directly for the book. God. Look, but we're going to get no, all yeah, that Wanda, You're doing great. And give the yeah, give us the give us the number, give us the website so uh we can get it out there and we'll put it out there. We'll we'll have it as we get ready to uh to uh go live with this too. So the, tell us, Wanda, what's what give us the website first that we can go to. Okay, Bernetta, what is that uh, website? She's on the line, but I'll give you the number while she's uh getting ready to give you the website and tagging in. His number okay. is two two eight. Three eight three four one three four. You can contact him directly. We're going to have it set up to where you can go on the website and order your book directly. But now we want it to be more personal that you can come directly to us. You can't come directly to every star and every person that thinks right. that they're famous. But right. we want you to know that we are personally involved and we want you to know that you are special if you take out the time to be a fan of Danny Sweetman Thomas, he wants to give you something back in return. Oh, cool. Okay, so we got that. Now, we also have on the line Ms. Bernetta Nelson, who is the publisher. Uh, hello, Ms. Nelson. How are you? Hello, I am Welcome excellent. to E-Talk. Welcome to E-Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. I know we're, we're all getting ready to wrap this thing up, but I, with <laughs> you here, with Danny here, we just wanted you to say hello and give the information that you need to give us for uh, ordering these books. Yes, yes. I'm delighted to. I love this couple. I love Danny Thomas, Wanda, Wanda Thomas. They are amazing. Um, you will actually be able to, as um, Wanda mentioned, uh, go directly to them um, by texting the 228-383-4134. Text book to 228 Four one three four, and you will be able to get your autographed, legendary, wow, limited edition wow. copy five back <laughs> of this phenomenal book. Um, and also, um, after all of that 
personalized contact happens, you can also go to www.dannyathomas.com. That will be the official website. We are obviously uh, under construction and revamping the site so that people will be able to buy and just click right there for the copy of their book. But right now you want to get the autographic copy. Thank yes, you so yes. much for having me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. So Danny, before we get out of here, yes. and I know people probably always ask you this uh, and you, and you get these questions all the time. What is your favorite confunction song? I've got to be honest. Uh-huh. I have a few. Uh-huh. But Love Train touches my heart. Ah! Love Train, you know, it's that's the way it goes on a love train. Yeah. 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 It's special. It's that special. is mine. That is mine. And I'm glad you said it because I, I was going to sing it earlier. I said, no, I'm just going to ask him what his is first. <laughs> <laughs> so that means great minds think alike. Well, look, everybody, everybody, listeners, 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 you have no idea. I mean, I I feel like I'm in royalty. Not only am I with the Danny Sweetman Thomas of Confunction, but his lovely wife, Wanda. Wanda, thank you so much for joining in with us and talking about your book and talking about Danny's book and Bernetta Nelson. Thank you for joining in. Let me tell you, this is the first time on my podcast that I have had a uh, community podcast. It's normally me and the, the, the guests, but I mean, to have you guys here was such a joy and such an honor. And I am honored to be able to talk with you guys. We will get you guys out, uh, get the information out uh we'll put it out there and, and and let everybody know what's going on don't forget ladies and gentlemen to buy these books for christmas don't forget to subscribe download and comment we love to hear from you and i know danny wants to hear what people are thinking and what they have to say uh and thank you for listening to us you can find us on itunes uh itunes spotify apple Podcasts, and the website at www dot anthony b glover.com now until we e-talk again remember to respect the artist and respect the art that's a wrap yes thank you for listening to e-talk with anthony bogus glover i appreciate you listening to me now please subscribe download and comment leave a review tell us what you think We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and my website at www.anthonybglover.com. And before we leave, I want to give a shout out to my friends over at Adams David Media for helping me to get this show on the road. Hope to hear from you. We'll talk soon.